This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I'm Jordana Levine, and you're listening to the Inspired Table Podcast. Each week, you'll be led down an inspired path of curiosity as I chat to some of my favorite soul-centered folk about the things that inspire me daily in the hope that some of that juicy inspiration will rub off on you. So pour yourself your favorite cuppa and take a seat at my table. I promise you'll leave happier, healthier, and bursting with inspiration. Hello and welcome to the first episode of season two of the Inspired Table podcast. I've been working away behind the scenes to get some amazing interviews to share with you on the show this season and I'm kicking off with one of my favourites. A few months ago, my mum sent me a pack of tarot cards and inside the package was a note that read, you are now the fourth generation of card readers in my family. You follow in the footsteps of your great-grandmother, grandmother and me. It is a sacred responsibility. This journey will both enlighten and periodically present more questions than answers. Interpreting the cards is a lifelong education in learning and discovery about you. This is the mystery and joy of the tarot. Amazing, right? So, as you can imagine, I dove headfirst into the cards and wanted to learn everything I could about them. That's when I came across today's guest, Bridget Esselmont, founder and owner of Biddy Tarot, an online hub for everything tarot. Bridget is a professional tarot reader and teacher, intuitive coach and spiritual entrepreneur, spreading the love to other tarot enthusiasts. If you know nothing about tarot, stay tuned. You're about to learn heaps. If you know a bit about tarot and it's not really your thing, I urge you to stick around too. This episode might just change your opinion. And if, like myself, you're a tarot enthusiast, then you, my friend, are in for a real treat. Just quickly before we dive in, because I had a little hiatus between seasons, I've completely fallen off the iTunes charts. The only way to get back on is to leave a rating or review in iTunes and you can do it directly through the podcast app. The higher I rank, the higher caliber of guests I can get on the show. So let's get me headed to the top of the charts. Okay, enough admin. Let's jump into today's episode with Bridget Esselmont from Biddy Tarot. There's 
a bit of a story behind why people start working with the tarot. What was um what was it that draw drew you to it? Yeah, so like in my teenage years, I was really interested in like all things spiritual. So um, I read the Bible for like two years. Um, I learned about like Buddhism. I learned about things like uh, Wicca and um, witchcraft and ritual, like all sorts of things. Yeah. And then um, I came across tarot when I was about 17. I had a tarot reading uh, and I was about to go to um, Germany on a high school exchange and the reader said, oh, okay, you're going to go, you're going to travel, you're going to meet this man um, and you're going to fall in love. And I'm like, oh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> you probably tell that to everybody. Yeah. Um, but lo and behold, I go overseas and I, you know, meet my first, like, boyfriend and I was like, okay, this is interesting. So when I got home, I started to learn more about tarot and I found like, as I sort of got deeper into it, I realized that tarot is kind of like this, um, I guess like an amalgamation of so many different spiritual ways of thinking and being and it's all harnessed in these 78 tarot cards. Mm. Um, so for me, it was like this fabulous tool to connect in with my spirituality um, in a way that wasn't necessarily a religious way, um, but more where I was sort of defining what spirituality meant for me. And that's certainly the role it's played, um, you know, 15, 20 years later down the track. Um, and, and, you know, certainly it's something else to keep me connected to my intuition and keep me grounded. I really love that. I can relate to that a lot, actually. I had a very similar kind of experience growing up where I felt very connected to things spiritually, but nothing specific. I just wanted yeah. to connect with all of it. Um, and it's funny though, because my mum, my mum was a tarot reader. She used to have people over to the house to read tarot and it used to freak me out. I used to go and hide in my bedroom and I was like, I don't want you to do that stuff in here. You know, I don't know what you're bringing into the house. I was always really terrified by it. Yeah. But then I guess, I don't know, as I got older, I sort of became a lot more, a lot more fascinated by it, especially as a form of divination. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's really, I don't know, like I know a lot of people experience fear around tarot and get really worried about it. Um, and think that it's going to bring, you know, bad juju or what have you. Yeah. And I, I don't know, like I know that that's a very real experience for people, but it makes me feel really sad because, you know, once you start to get to know Tara, you're like, why is everyone having such a drama about these cards? Like yeah. it's they're only, they're like pictures on cards that help you connect to intuition. Like what's so what's scary so about scary? that? Well, you know what, we'll dive into that because I want to ask you a little bit more about the darker side of the tarot. But before we get there, can you tell us a little bit about the history of tarot? Because it is quite an ancient form of divination, isn't it? Yeah, um, it first originated around the 1400s. And look, I'll be honest, I'm not a history buff, but I, I know my basics. Okay. Um, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, it did start around like the 1400s uh, in Europe. And it was sort of um, originally actually used as a game Um so, and, and, you know, like in the castles, they would use the cards as, as a game. Um, but then they started adding in the major arcana. So these are like 22 cards uh, that are more about sort of like these deeper spiritual lessons. And the cards then played a role because a lot of people couldn't read. And so they needed to have like pictures that symbolize these deep spiritual lessons, but weren't in words. Um, 
And so they were added into the tarot deck. And, you know, over the centuries, the purpose of the tarot deck started to evolve into things like, well, one was fortune telling, um, which I think was maybe around the 1700s, um, where, you know, like you'd have a little book and like it's like, Mm, treachery, deceit, betrayal, like yeah. all those kinds of like. That, <laughs> all those positive stuff. words. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all the drama. Um, and then, you know, it sort of evolved further from there into more of a tool for divination. And you certainly see like say in the 1960s and 70s, um, the tarot started to become used for like more self-exploration. And, you know, it's very consistent with what was going on in, in society at that time as well. Um, so I think now we have this beautiful melting pot um, with tarot where, you know, yes, some people like to use it for fortune telling, um, others like to use it to understand themselves better, mm. others like to use it to connect in with the divine. I mean, when we say divination, it, it truly means connecting with the divine versus like I'm going to tell you what your future is. Yeah. Um, you know, so, yeah, I think I think we're in a really awesome place with tarot now where it's history is kind of like catching up with it and we can play with it in whatever way we want to and whatever way feels good for us so what what are some of the ways that we can use the tarot yeah so on like a personal level um you can use tarot to run a business <laughs> that's certainly how i use it yeah. um you can use it for like daily insight you know you can draw a card and ask the cards okay how can i live in alignment with my higher self today um or just quite simply what do i need to know today um and it's in that sense it's just a way of keeping you quite grounded um you can use it for creative writing i know many authors who use it for character development when they're writing a novel um, they'll sort of like free write with the cards to really unpack what a particular character in their book might be like. Uh, goodness, it's like there is literally no limit on how, how you can use it. Um, and then also, I mean, that's sort of on that personal level on a uh, like person to person or, you know, like working with it with somebody else, you can use it for things like intuitive coaching. You can use it to predict, um, you know, a, a future um, you can use it, uh, you know, even like more for sort of a psychotherapy kind of session, you know, just really leveraging the pictures and saying what is what stands out to you and what does that symbolize to you and then what does that tell you about how you're perceiving a particular situation. Ugh, yeah, so many different ways. And possibilities are endless because I guess, I guess there's always been this sort of um, connotation of, you know, the tarot reader also being the psychic mm. and needing to have those psychic abilities to be able to read the cards but that's not the case is it no and, and and you know I think this was a misconception that I had when I first started like reading the cards was like oh my goodness I'm not psychic enough you know I've been freaking myself out going oh, I'm not good enough I'm not I can't speak to dead people um, <laughs> I'm not seeing like names coming up in my head yeah you know, uh, and like I really bothered myself about it. But what I started to realize over time is that, no, you don't have to be psychic to read tarot. Um, I really push the idea that, you know, tarot is more about perhaps intuition. And I strongly believe we're all intuitive. And I just think that some of us choose to tune into our intuition a lot more than others do. But it doesn't mean that 
it's not accessible to everybody. Uh, that's a really big thing with, with tarot. I think that tarot is accessible to everyone. You don't need to be special or gifted or, you know, anything like that. Um, it can certainly enhance the experience if you do have psychic abilities. But if you don't feel like you do have psychic abilities, that's fine. Tarot will probably actually help you access that even more so. Can you tell us a little bit more about um, running a business using tarot? Yeah. So, um, I I mean, I'm quite a, like, a logical thinker. So, you know, I do business planning, I, you know, and have goal setting and so on. And that can be quite a logical process to get to that. But what I like to do is like if I'm setting goals for the business, I'll often turn to my tarot cards to ask, okay, is this goal in alignment with my sole purpose and also is it in alignment with the way in which my business wants to be expressed Um, because you know sometimes we can set like goals like oh I want to grow my list by 5,000 people in one week and then we do like stupid things to grow it and you know we we annoy people on the way whereas you use tarot to go okay it's 5,000 people in one week how's that sitting you know with my higher self and I might say, okay, you're being a bit greedy or something. And, you know, then you can start to play with your goals and go, okay, well, maybe a thousand, maybe a hundred. Um, and the tarot is kind of this grounding factor, um, yeah, to sort of bring you back into like a more intuitive, heartfelt space. I love that idea. And it's not necessarily making the decisions for you, is it? No. It's not It's not the absolute answer, but it's just kind of giving you a push in one direction and then you have the power of choice to decide if that's the direction you want to take. Yeah, and I I think that's a really good point that you raise because I think, again, one of the misconceptions people have is that, one, tarot will tell me what to do or tarot will decide what is going to happen to me. You know, a lot of people go, oh, I don't want to have a tarot reading because it's going to tell me something bad is going to happen. And it's completely not like that um i strongly believe that we have free will and we can shape our own destinies and i think the tarot is a very empowering tool in order to do that it shows you like if you take this path you might experience this so you make a choice if you want to experience that or not um and if you don't want to experience it then change your path like it's it's just a nice um way of illuminating i guess what is sitting within you already on an intuitive level yeah that that's really nice because I've been um I've been doing readings I've I've done readings for myself for a little while now but I've started doing them for friends and family and that is the biggest block that I see that comes up when I do a spread for people is that they feel like there's you know whether it's good or bad that their future is set based on based on what the cards say and it you know it it can go both ways I think, you know, people are super excited when they see a great spread and they're like, yeah, sweet, don't have to do anything. You know, my life's just going to work <laughs> out. It's amazing. <laughs> and then, you know, same thing Same thing when it's not so bright and shiny. But what it, what it does do is offer some great advice or um, kind of illuminate, like you said, the things that they can do to kind of get to the desired outcome that they want. And, and I often use like the... Um sort of analogy like if if the tarot cards like you ask the tarot will I buy a house this year and the tarot says yes you will and then you go oh awesome done job done I don't need to do anything you know (laughs) and then you get to the end of the year and like oh stupid tarot cards that were wrong 
well, like it couldn't happen because you you play a part in like your future. So it, it isn't set in stone because we are gifted with this idea of free will um, and we have to be an active participant of our lives. I often find like say with clients, there can be a tendency to say like to ask the tarot, should I do this? Should I buy a house? Should I move to another um, country? And the end of the day it's tarot won't tell you like what you should and shouldn't do it's that's up to you but it can show you if you go down this path this is what you might experience go down this one this is what you experience um so i think you know it definitely puts the accountability back on you as the person consulting the cards and and on that note i want to pick your brain a little bit about tarot techniques and whatnot only because i'm sort of so deep in it at the moment um but I wanted to talk to you about the different decks, the different tarot decks, because mm. I've been working a lot with the Rider Waite deck and I purchased um, a beautiful, the Wild Unknown deck the other day. And it's so mm. gorgeous. It's so beautiful. But the cards, you know, they're very, they're very different to the Rider Waite. So for me to get like an intuitive reading on it is very hard because the pictures are so different to that of the right away. So how do you know, how do you sort of navigate between these different kinds of decks and are they going to be bringing up the same stuff or, you know, are they interpreted differently? Yes. A really good question because, uh, you know, I've been reading cards almost 20 years now and I'd say a good like 17 of those years, I would only read with the right away. Yeah. <laughs> And so just like in the last few years, I've started experimenting with other decks and I go through this like freak out of, you know, you open the deck, you go, oh, that's very pretty. And then you start working with it and you go, oh, it's not the right weight. I just, I can't work this thing (laughs) out. (laughs) Um, I find some decks are easier than others. So um, I was playing with the Gaian Tarot. It's so delicious and like beautiful. and it's a derivative of the Rider Waite deck. Uh, so that's easier to read because it's very visual. Um, you can see what's happening in the picture and it's similar, like similar stories to what you see in the Rider Waite. So in those kinds of cases, I find that easier. But something like the Wild Unknown, like it is total eye candy. I love it. Like it? it looks gorgeous. <laughs> um, but I too kind of struggle sometimes with like, oh, I'm just not quite getting a connection. That said... What I do find um, good about working with decks that you're kind of unfamiliar with is it does force your intuition to kick into gear. Like you can't just rely on what's in the book. Oftentimes there's not even a book that comes with these cards. Mm. Like you have to go with like, okay, what's standing out to me in this card and what does that sort of tell me on an intuitive level? Like how can I sort of play with that? so sometimes you might just start noticing like, oh, the sticks are I don't know, in a particular direction. Oh, like, you know, the energy I'm feeling off this card kind of feels sticky or, yeah. or pointy or something. And, and then you might go, okay, well, how does that energy sit with me when I'm thinking about this situation? Does that give me any extra insight? Um, so I think, look, it does take a lot of persistence with like new decks um, but if you see it kind of like as an opportunity to really flex your intuitive muscle and get it working and get outside of your comfort zone, I think that can make it a bit more, um, a bit more exciting in a way. Um, oh, and the other thing I just wanted to add there, cause you were asking also about like the different decks and 
kind of like if they have different energy and I really like I really think different decks hold different energy and you like once you start to have more decks you start to draw on a particular deck for a particular question or a situation Mm. so like I've got um, like the guy in Tarot I find is a very soulful grounded deck and I seem to only like using it for my own readings and not so much with clients um, whereas the right away I just I like using that for clients but I don't like using it for myself as yeah, much interesting. yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so let's talk about reading cards for yourself because it is so tricky <laughs> it's so hard to first of all keep the spread out and not pull again because you don't like what you see but also to be intuitive and not sort of be caught up in your own story so what what tips do you have for people who are doing their own cards yeah I know this is like I think a lot of people um, do find it quite challenging to start when they start reading their own cards because yeah you can like just read what you want into that tarot reading (laughs) Um, you know, like, oh, nine of swords. That's fine. I can, I'm okay with that. (laughs) Um, you know, so I think it's, there's a couple of things that can help make like a personal tarot reading better, I suppose. Um, like, like all more clear. One thing is when you go to read the cards, like even before you pull out the cards and start doing a reading, make sure that you center yourself um, and that you connect in with your, you know, inner self, inner guidance, whatever you want to call it, um, because that helps you to clear out any of this egoic mind that, you know, wants a certain outcome. And instead, you're changing it up for like, okay, I'm here to hear like what my higher self wants me to know right now. Yeah. This has nothing to do with what I want. It's what does my higher self want? And, you know, you can even just do some simple things like taking in three deep breaths just to clear out, you know, the details of the day. Um, and you can even do, you know, a prayer or like setting an intention or just, you know, reminding yourself, I'm here to listen to my higher self. I don't I don't need to bring in my own hidden agendas and all that kind of thing. I'm just, I need a pure message here. Um, and then certainly like when you're doing the reading, I know a lot of people who want to just grab their books and look stuff up and, you know, they'll keep looking until like, oh, where's the meaning that's like that, that I, want, I really want? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, okay, fine if that, if that works for you, but I know it doesn't work for many. Uh, so I really recommend put the books away, um, particularly when you're in the middle of a reading, like just push them to the side and, again, go back into like your heart space and connect in with your intuition and really like see what does the card bring up for you on an energetic level versus what do you know about the card or what is the last book that you read said about this card just go intuitively into that card Uh, and that's you know the imagery can really help for that process Um, and then finally you know after you've done a reading make sure you write it down Mm. um, because sometimes you can do a reading go purple hats what what on earth has a purple hat got to do with, you know, this situation? But you've seen it in the reading. You just write it down and then maybe like, a you know, a couple of months later, you're like, ah, oh, I get it now. That purple hat made me recognize that person who I had to go and talk to and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, so I think sometimes just writing it down and knowing that you can come back to it later and go, ah, yeah, now I get it. Um, that can be helpful. And I guess, I guess the other thing, um, and it's definitely a trap that I fall into, is to not keep pulling 
the same <laughs> question in a spread. Yes. <laughs> over and over again until you get the spread you want. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, don't worry, I've been guilty of that. <laughs> you must, do, you, do you ever get that with clients? Do you ever get clients coming back to you and saying, oh, I want to know what's happening now and it's only been like a week or two since the last time they asked the question? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I really set some boundaries around that. So like I typically say, uh, and this is also goes for my own tarot reading practice, um, ask a question, wait a month uh, or until something really significant has changed or happened. Okay. Um, but otherwise, you know, you've got the answer, you just got to deal with it. <laughs> you can't change it. Well, you, you know, you can over time, but yeah. um yeah, it's I. It's really important just to set some firm boundaries with yourself, um, because it is easy to get caught up with like, oh, didn't like that card. Let's see what else there is. Or you know, like you draw one card, and you're like, oh, okay, maybe I'll just draw another one just to just to check. And then you draw another one. Okay, maybe just another. And then before <laughs> you know it, you have like ten cards in front of you for like yeah. a simple question. Until um, you pull that one that you want. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, finally the Ten of Cups. Yeah, I knew I was going to find that relationship. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's about setting boundaries. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, again, ultimately, the tarot here is to help you connect with your higher self and your intuition. And, you know, playing these games of like waiting until you get that card that you really want, is that really in alignment with your higher self or is that more your ego playing a role there? Um, so you got to figure out what is it that I'm really using the tarot for uh, and, you know, work with that. Yeah. So if somebody's just starting out with the tarot, what do you think is the best way? What's the, what do you think is the best way for them to get to know the deck really well? Yeah, like the very first thing, well, obviously get a tarot deck. That's yeah. a good place to start. <laughs> Um, and then even just to like go through that deck card by card and just look at the imagery and just kind of, you know, get to know the deck. Mm. Um, and then even before sort of, you know, like I have this tendency to just want to master everything. So when I first started learning tarot, I like, I studied the books for years and I was like, I've just got to memorize everything. Yeah. And it was like, not not the best path to go because I ended up in my rational brain where I should have been in more of an intuitive brain. Um, so I think it's important to kind of like do a little bit of research about what the cards mean, but more importantly, start using the cards in your everyday life. Um, so that like the daily card draw is such a good method for people to use, whether they're a beginner or they've had 50 years experience with the tarot. Um, and that's, again, just simply asking at the start of every day, you know, what do I need to know today? And you draw a card and you just go, okay, intuitively, what do I get from this card? Maybe then you do a little bit of extra research and go, well, what does the book say about the card? Then go through the day and then at the end of the day, reflect on, okay, well, what happened during the day? What have I learned about this card? And journal that down. Um, and you start to build up kind of like a personal bank of experiences around the tarot that's so much more powerful and more meaningful than what you read in a book. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's really helpful. I've, I've definitely been doing that and I've, yeah, I've found that it's like, you know, it's like studying when you're in high school or university. Like if you can relate it to your life, then mm. it's going gonna, it's gonna to sort of stay in your memory bank. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So do you, do you ever have your cards read by other tarot readers? 
I do every now and then. So if it's something that's like a big thing that I'm trying to unpack and work through, then I will usually seek out somebody else to do the reading for me. Yeah. Um, but it's actually, you know, it's probably only maybe like once a year or something. I might like, I, I think I've found a place now where I feel quite comfortable with my intuition that like we're just working together all the time. <laughs> so most of the time I, I don't feel like I need that really big reading because I only need a few clues on the, along the way because yeah. um, I'm working quite intuitively anyway. Um, and I also find like I'm kind of, I kind of like exploring other modalities as well, you know, and seeing how they might be able to help. Um, yeah, so maybe that wasn't <laughs> that wasn't the right answer. I should be like, yeah, of course I use it all no, the time. No, not at all. <laughs> the reason the reason I ask because is because I um and I I've got nowhere near as much experience as you. But if I go and get a reading done, or even if it's just a psychic reading, and they they pull out a deck of tarot at the end, I find it very hard when their interpretation of the cards are different to my interpretation of the cards. You know, mm. but you feel like because you're, you know, you've gone to have a reading with them that you should definitely take on board what they're saying about it, right? Yeah, yeah. You kind of of feel like you want to interpret them in a way that suits you, which I guess sort of takes us back to, you know, all of those hiccups you can run into when you're reading cards for yourself. Yeah, I I think, like, it's it's really interesting because... um, I've experienced that too where like I've had someone else reading my cards and my brain's already just jumping going, oh, you know, look at all the cards and bang, I've already got my answer. I think, no, no, hang on. I've chosen this person for a reason. I've chosen to be here in a tarot reading. Like I need to just shut up (laughs) and listen Um, because everyone does interpret the cards in a slightly different way and I think that's the beauty of tarot. Uh, It doesn't mean that one person's right and the other person's wrong. It's purely that at that point in time, you know, you've chosen that person to read your cards and whatever message they're sharing with you is important at that point in time. Like you might see something else in those cards and maybe that's important, but that person will have their own perspective and you've chosen that moment. So if that kind of makes sense. Um, Because I've often, well, I've sometimes experienced it where I've done a reading for a client and they've come back and said, well... Actually, sometimes it really bites me in the bum, but they're like, well, I went to your website and I read that this card means this. Ah. (laughs) No, that's not the idea. No, that's not how it works. (laughs) Yeah, because, you know, obviously like you're seeing the cards in context of other cards plus you're laying in your like intuitive feel. So oftentimes it might be a slight variation of what I might, define a standalone card as if that Mm, makes sense yeah definitely yeah that definitely makes sense so we touched earlier on the darker side of the tarot and I guess what I meant by that was you know there's certain readers especially the old school ones sort of like you know the fortune teller in the tiny shop with all the trinkets and the velvet curtains um that kind of can deliver very dark predictions I guess and I, I don't know, like I feel like even with um, psychic readings, I feel like it should be a really positive experience. So, I mean, what what are your thoughts on the sort of the darker side of the tarot and is that something that's in the past or do you sort of still see it hanging around? 
Yeah, I I was in New York about two years ago and I remember walking through the city and seeing all these neon signs for like psychic, tarot reader, palm reader. Yeah. And I thought, oh my gosh, I thought these were just like, you know, I've seen them online, like pictures online. I thought, oh yeah, that's just someone making that up. But yeah. these places were real. And then I was talking to people about like, have you ever been to one of these psychics? And I heard all sorts of stories of like, yes, I went, like this person literally grabbed me off the street and pulled me in, told me that like she had information for me, that I had to come and listen, had the reading, you know, you've got this like curse on you, pay me another $200, I'll take it away, like all this horrible stuff. Um, To me, that's the dark side of tarot um, where it's, I think it's being used in an unethical and unprofessional context. Yeah. Um, And, you know, that stuff, again, makes me really sad because when you say tarot reader to the general public, they'll often think of those kinds of experiences. Someone who's going to rip me off, scam me, take my money, tell me, like, bad things, you know, all sorts of stuff. So, like, that's unfortunate. Um, That said, you know, on on the flip side, like, should a tarot reading be all rainbows and unicorns I don't think so like I think it for me I get the most benefit from a reading where it's more like a coaching session so it might bring up some shadows some things that you think like oh you know I didn't want to know that about myself I'm not ready to deal with that I knew there was something bothering me but you know I didn't really know what it is now I do like those kinds of things and I, I think as tarot readers it's important that we show those things up as they are versus like, oh, there's heartbreak, but it's okay, everything's going to be fine. <laughs> you know, suddenly that card's fallen off the table and onto the floor and like, oh, let's look at the Ten of Cups over here. Yeah. Um, you know, so I think, I do think we have to be realistic like when we're reading the cards, but it's important that we're being empowering at the same time. So I get frustrated when I hear of other people who've had a reading and like the reader said, oh, your relationship's going to end. All right, time's up. Okay. Um, (laughs) Out the door. (laughs) Yeah. Whereas I think, you know, it would be more helpful to say, okay, well, given where everything's at, looks like the relationship's heading towards an ending. Is that what you want? Yeah. Maybe the answer's no. Okay, well, what can we, what can you put in place now to try and change that outcome? Yeah. Um, And so you'd like, you're adding to it so that the person will like be able to walk away and create the kinds of outcomes that they really want in their life and that's best for them versus, you know, just like, oh, everything's going to turn terrible. Um, See you later. Good luck with that one. Yeah. (laughs) If people are looking to have their tarot read, what Mm. are the kinds of things that they should be looking for in their reader, do you think? That's a good question. And I I think what's interesting here is it really depends on you and what you want out of the reading. So, like, let me give you an example. One of my friends um, came to me. She said, oh, I had this tarot reading. Um, I was out in the country. I had a reading. It was really interesting because I thought she would just tell me everything, but instead she was asking me questions and I had to talk about my life, and that was terrible. (laughs) And I'm thinking in my head, oh, that sounds like a fabulous reading. Yeah. (laughs) So um, I think it really depends on the expectations because I think a lot of people expect that they will go to a tarot reader and just they will sit there and they will listen and the tarot reader will tell them everything. They'll walk out and, and they'll know stuff. Um, whereas for me as a tarot reader, I think a really lovely experience is one that's co-created. So where 
I'm asking the client questions and they're asking me questions and the tarot is kind of more of a conduit in the middle of it all. Um, and so for me, like if, if I was instructing someone else, I'd be like, yeah, go for someone that's, you know, going to ask you questions and he's going to hold space for you. But for other people, they might be like, oh, nah, don't want that. I just want to be told what's going to happen. Um, so it really does come down to what you expect and want, I think, from a reading. Yeah. It's funny. I, um, I'm with you on that one. Like if I, go to a, if I go to a reader and they haven't asked me anything about myself, I get very, um, I get very cautious because I think, well, where, where is all this information coming from? You know, like you need to relate it to me or is this just something that you kind of, you know, um, tell everybody that walks in the door? Yeah. 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 And, and I think like readers are going to have different styles that will resonate with different people. Um, so like I remember seeing one reader as a client and this reader was like, she was talking to fairies and laughing, having this little joke. I'm thinking, this is so weird for me. Like it was just took me completely out of a comfort zone. I was like, nah, this is not for me. And yet I know there would have been other people that would walk in with that read and go, oh, that was the best reading ever. Yeah. So I, I don't think you can dismiss people and say, well, that's a bad reader, unless of course they're acting in unethical ways. Mm. It's just that different styles will resonate with different people. Yeah. And I guess that's like most sort of services really, isn't it? Like coaching. Yeah. And- Anything like that. Um, so, Bridget, can you? I know all about Biddy Tarot, but for any listeners out there that don't, can you tell us a little bit more about what you actually do? Because you don't just read people's tarot cards. Yeah, so we are really like an online learning platform um, to help people read tarot with confidence and to learn how to read tarot from the heart and not the book. Um, So we offer things like courses to help you read tarot, um, e-books, guides, digital programs, and we're just opening up our um, Vidi Tarot community right now, which oh, I'm so excited about. Um, because I think like with tarot, it's something where, you know, unless you've got super supportive friends, a lot of people kind of feel like, oh, I can't really tell anyone I read tarot cards because maybe they're going to think I'm weird. And then you end up in this sort of like isolated place where you're thinking, oh, I want to learn how to read tarot, but I don't want to be judged. I can't really talk about it with anybody. What do I do? Um, so yeah, I've certainly wanted to create this community. So it's like a safe place where people can practice tarot and also realize that there's all these normal people who read tarot cards, um, and that you don't have to be like wearing crushed velvet or like dark <laughs> eyeliner or all that Long kind of stuff. Nails. That's it. Yeah. Um, cause it's like, it's so amazing. Like the amount of people I come across, um, and just from, so many different walks of life like tarot is not something that's just for you know hippies or just for um you know women or things like that it's it's such a um wonderful tool that can be used in so many different ways and in so many different kinds of lifestyles as well so you must have i mean you must have so many different types of people doing your courses and buying the ebooks and potentially becoming part of the community that you're creating. So do you think there's sort of a new wave of readers? I mean, I always thought tarot was very kind of old school. And then the more I got into it, I realized that sort of everyone was doing it. Yeah. Do you know, like this is one of my big missions, particularly with Biddy Tarot, is to really change the way that we see tarot. Because 
I think there is kind of like this old school mindset around tarot that it's kind of this like weird tool that people do in dark rooms or, you know, like we're just not really sure about what it is or maybe like we're going to tap into like negative energies, all this like stuff. Um, But I really want to change that because I've seen how just modern, normal, everyday people, smart people um, are using tarot in a way that's incredibly empowering and exciting in their lives. So that's certainly something I want to see change um, where tarot does become, you know, almost as acceptable as, say, meditation. You look at the journey of meditation in these last sort of 10 years and, for example, what Deepak and Oprah have done with meditation uh, I'd love to do that with Tarot and really bring it out of the shadows and, you know, into the light where it's something that everybody can use if they feel drawn to it. Yeah, and I guess, look, I guess it is all part of that same family, isn't it? Because it's all about tuning in and, you know, becoming intuitive and being more mindful. So, you know, all of that stuff is very trendy at the moment and in a great way. And, I mean, Tarot is really no different. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think the more that we can see tarot in that way as a way just to connect with our inner selves and, you know, be more authentic, um, I think that's, you know, a really good direction to go in. Um, I think it's when we think of tarot as like some um, like deep, dark, secret mystery. Yes. <laughs> you know, that you have to know like the secret handshake to use it and, you know, it's not accessible to everybody. It's only to the select few and like all that stuff. I just think that's not necessarily serving um, the potential of what tarot could be. So Bridget, do you have a favourite card? Oh, it, it always depends on the day. Um, <laughs> so there's one card that I really connect with um, that's perhaps a little bit surprising and that's the tower card. Oh. Um, and I had it, I had it drawn for me in a reading where um, it was it showed up as my spiritual purpose and you know like how I was sort of using Biddy Tarot um, to align with sort of what my, my life purpose was and the the message that I got from the Tower card was not all like chaos and destruction which we often associate with that card it was more about like challenging the status quo shaking things up tearing things down and rebuilding them in a completely different way. And I'm seeing that more and more like um, as like Biddy Tarot grows and as I'm helping and supporting more and more people that my role is to help sort of break down some of that um, old school mentality and and shift it into a new space. So I I get excited by the Tower card now. Well, I'm going to tell you something really weird because before we sat down to record this, I pulled a card and it was the tower. Of course. And I was like, what the hell is that about? And then, I, and then it was 12.30 and I had to call you. I was like, I'll think about that later. I'll interpret that later. But you just interpreted it for me. Perfect. Wow. Love that stuff. See, that that's that that's the stuff that gives me a buzz about tarot and just all intuitive stuff. It's, yeah, it's neat. Oh, that's amazing. I love that. I wish I had my phone on me so I could take a photo of it, but I don't. Anyway, um, <laughs> do you have your deck on you close by? Um, let me see. Hang on. I just put it away. Let me see. Oh, okay. I've got it. Yes. Do you, do you think you could, do you think I could ask you a question and you could pull a card for me? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Uh, perhaps a question about the Inspired Table, since this is the Inspired Table podcast. Yeah. Um, 
I've recently started growing the catering side of my business mm. and bringing in um, all of my training that I've done with different healing modalities um, and also also all of my chef training, obviously. Um, but sort of, you know, like uh, neutralizing the negative energies in food and kind of doing Reiki on the food that I'm putting out there. And I'm just wondering if it is the right direction for what okay, I'm doing yeah so it's the catering the right direction yeah where might it take you okay I need like video so you can actually see what I'm doing but that's fine <laughs> <laughs> um cool okay so the first card that I drew was the seven of cups reversed and this is an interesting one so like just um I mean, you and I both know what it looks like, but just for the folks listening. So this is this man is presented with these seven cups and they each have like a different kind of gift. Um, some of the gifts are really good, like there's treasure and so on. Other gifts are like a dragon or a snake. Um, and so this card often comes up when you face with some choices and you're not sure which one to take and you're also not sure um, if it's going to deliver you what you really uh, wanted in the first place. And in the reverse position here, my sense is that there's a lot of confusion about whether this is the right path. Mm. Um, and almost like, I wonder if you're assessing this situation from the wrong angle. And maybe you're seeing it as, oh, well, yeah, it could work because maybe it'll make me lots of money. But then on the flip side, maybe at a heart level, you're like, mm, I'm just not, it's not quite clicking with me yet. You know, it could be something like that. Uh, and I think that's probably why you're feeling this um, hesitation about really committing to catering as as a path because mm. something's not quite clicking yet. Um, and I think it it requires you to come back, yeah, into your heart space and think what what's really important for me right now and what would be in alignment with who I really am and, and what I'm here to do to serve. Does that sort of resonate with you? Uh, that is so spot on. Okay, so I just drew another card, which was the Page of Cups. And what I really like about this is, so we see this young man, he's holding a cup and a fish comes out of the cup. And it's almost like this assurance that you're feeling, like you might feel like, well, these are my only options. So like just sort of right now, okay, these are only options. I'm just going to make a choice. Which one am I going to go with? But the Page of Cups is almost saying to you, if you stay authentic to who you are and you connect back into your heart space, the right opportunity will present itself at the right time. You're just not aware of it yet. Does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. And sometimes you just have to trust that you don't have to make the choice right now, but it will come to you when it's meant to be there. Um, don't rush yourself in making that decision. Yeah, that that's so spot on. Um just before we got on the call, I'd been thinking about that whole situation, exactly how you had described it. So, well done. Yay. <laughs> Yay. I'm glad. <laughs> Yay. Um, oh, thank you. That's great. Oh, my pleasure. Yeah, that's really great. Um, so, Bridget, if people want to find out more about you and become part of the community and have a look at your courses and all the rest of it, what um, is the best way for them to find you? Well, firstly, head on over to um, biddytarot.com and you'll find all sorts of um, tarot goodness over there. So you can join like our um, 
free tarot tutorial series so you can start to get a bit of a taste for tarot and integrate it into your life. Um, and if the community sounds of interest and you want to join like your tribe, um, head on over to biddytarot.com forward slash community and you can join there. Um, I would love to see you all there um, and just, you know, help like this is ultimately what I'm here for is just to help people connect to their intuition with the tarot cards as a guide. Um, I have just seen, you know, just absolute magic happen when people get really in touch with their intuition and I just hope you know, every person in the whole planet can do that. Do I feel like I'm doing Miss Universe right now? <laughs> and <laughs> and I want to change peace. the world. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's really lovely. That's 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 gorgeous. Yeah. And it, it is such a great um, it's such a great resource. You know, there's so much out there when you Google tarot. Mm-hmm. But I I mean, I know personally that everything that I gain from your site and the work that you do, I can really kind of trust and yeah, I think that's really special. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. And oh, and we're just about to get a facelift as well. So the the website is being completely um, rebranded and made to look like just so gorgeous, like completely new and modern and clean and oh, cannot wait to get oh, out there. Beautiful. Yeah, there's nothing like a website facelift. Yes. <laughs> I just want to say a huge thank you to everybody who contacted me during the season break of the Inspired Table podcast to tell me how much they love season one and how much they were looking forward to season two. It meant so much to me and it really edged me on to get season two to be the best season yet. Um, If you liked today's episode, head on over to the blog, theinspiredtable.com.au forward slash blog, where you can find all the show notes. And if you're looking for a little bit of inspiration before next week's episode, come and find me on Instagram at The Inspired Table or over on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash The Inspired Table. Until next week, I wish you all the inspiration in the world. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.